0: Welcome to Quaker Faith and Podcast, where we will explore traditional Quaker beliefs and the variety of Quaker beliefs found today. Welcome back to Quaker Faith and Podcast. Uh, today, I'm here. I'm Mackenzie. I am here with a guest, my friend Elijah. Say hello.
1: Hi, friends.
0: Um, you may ha- recall that I mentioned Elijah a few episodes ago when we had Haysung on as a guest. Uh, we talked about our, our good friend Elijah. So this is that Elijah. Um, Would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Sure. Um, Like Mackenzie said, my name is Elijah Walker and I'm from Arkansas. And I'm currently a student at Earlham School of Religion, uh, working toward my MDiv. I'm doing the online program with them. And I'm also in the process of starting a semi programmed Friends Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas, which is cool.
0: Yeah. Oh, I guess you want to say the name of the church. Maybe. Oh
1: yeah. The, the church is called Solomon's porch.
0: Okay. Um, so I think, uh, when Hey and I were talking at one point, we sort of lightly mentioned intercessory prayer. Um, especially I think it was when we were talking about healings. Um, and last time with Micah, when we were talking about centering, um, we well i said that the way i center now is that i'm doing intercessory prayer and then when i run out of words i'm centered mm. um but i've also encountered people say uh i don't remember one of which social media facebook reddit something along those lines <laughs> i remember somebody saying that quakers don't pray which made me go huh but I realize that could be that they're talking about a specific form of prayer as being something that at least unprogrammed friends would not be engaging in. But so this time we're going to talk about prayer and Quakers and intercession and those fun things. And look, I found a seminarian to chat about it with. <laughs> um, so I guess I think the, for liberal Quakers, the most obvious like intercessory prayer thing would be um we have we have a little phrase of holding you in the light and that means different things to different people do you want to
1: yeah um I can well I'm not an unprogrammed friend but I can that's true (laughs) (laughs)
0: um
1: yeah I think uh it it does mean different things to different people um I was a pastoral intern at semi-programmed friends meeting in Portland, Oregon for a while.
0: I've mentioned West Hills on here before. Right.
1: West Hills friends. And, um, we, we regularly use that phrase holding you in the light. Um, for, for the people that were not necessarily Christ centered, that was, um, definitely, uh, a sort of imagery. Um, they would sit in prayer or meditation and, um, imagine the person being illuminated by the light of God or the light of the world. Um, for others, it, it it's really just a phrase that means they're praying for you um, using words and um, the way that other Christians might pray.
0: And I know I've I've seen um, Isabel Penrith whose website was QuakerJane.com dot com. She had a glossary entry for holding you in the light where she said um, that, well, she she was quoting somebody else but she was saying that, you know, you can't just hold somebody there. Like it's not a place where you can go and put someone. Um, And then also like Maggie Harrison, I know has a rant about how the light is um, an uncomfortable thing that shows you your, imperfections
1: and then there's also an argument that I've heard a lot in seminary especially that um, says that um, how we use language around light and dark or good and bad Mm -hmm. um, implies a lot uh, to people of color especially if we equate light with good and dark with bad then what are we saying to our friends of color
0: right Um, yeah I've heard that before too
1: yeah so it's, it's pretty common for, for people who feel that way to not use the phrase um, holding you in the light, but to say, I'm holding you in prayer or I'm holding you in my heart or um, I'm holding you in mind or, or something else like that.
0: Mm-hmm. I know in, in my meeting, which is does not quite meet the 80% line for multicultural, but it's closer than any of the others in Baltimore Yearly Meeting, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we... Say the light of God's love when we're mm-hmm. doing Joy's Concerns instead of just saying the light so that uh-huh. it's like clear that we're talking about as in what a candle puts out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, okay, so I said that some people would say that Quakers don't pray, and I I think the sort of form that, I mean, there's certainly like out loud with words prayer is a form that is just weird to me as a liberal friend. Um, I, I mean, every other branch I know does it. Like it, the conservative friends, they're unprogrammed and they still do out loud prayer. Um, they actually kneel when they pray out loud. Um, like it, like in meeting, if somebody's off, like if somebody's offering ministry, they stand. But if they're praying, they kneel. Mm. Um, and usually the other men will take off their hats because prayer is happening, right? Um, but for me, as a liberal friend, something that has been weird hanging out with you and Haesung and Micah is that you all say prayers out loud. <laughs>
1: yeah um generally, when I'm praying with others, uh, the way that I like to do it is to center in silence and to let uh, my prayers uh rise from the silence like vocal ministry um, but other times i like i I attend this worship group that's not Quaker, um and someone just asked me to pray and today when we were closing the um the meeting together. And I felt caught off guard because someone was just asking me to pray out loud and we hadn't been sitting in silence for a while. And it wasn't just like rising naturally from me. Um, So that was a really interesting experience.
0: I feel like I feel like the only way that I could do that would be like just reverting to all the all the prayers I learned as a Catholic, like reciting Mm -hmm. the Lord's Prayer or like. Or like grace, right? Like bless us, O Lord, and these like gifts which we're about to receive from that bounty through Christ our Lord, Amen. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Like yeah. I can rattle off my childhood Catholic prayers, but like, yeah, if somebody asked me to just say a prayer now, you'd be like, I what? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think I kind of felt like that when, um, actually, when you and I first met, because uh, for those listening, I actually know Elijah through Micah, um, well, and through Haesung. Both right. um, because Sung told Elijah and I both about an event Micah was hosting. And so that was how we all met. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that event, there was like a like praying time. And one of the organizers there was really insistent that we pray out loud rather than just say what we want to pray for and letting everybody either visualize you know a glow around the person which is what some people do when they say holding in the light or use words inside our own heads it was like well, we want to pray out loud so that we're making sure that there's like is, is they wanted to make sure that that sort of the prayer intention was sort of being sufficiently covered and um because if i know i know certainly in my meeting we have a persistent problem of that the amount of time left between isn't really enough to, if you're actually using words for your prayers inside your head to like get more than like half a sentence in there.
1: Yeah, that's, um, that's totally fair. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, something, something that's really, pleasant about praying out loud is that um it it helps us stay focused on what we're doing um like you said sometimes there's just not enough time um, between prayer requests that are shared um, joys and concerns that are shared Um, but sometimes uh, when someone shares a request it's like um, we we can go off thinking about other things or or even just worshiping in another way without um, really focusing our, int- our intention on the person who has requested prayer. Um, mm-hmm. So praying out loud kind of directs the attention um, to that person uh, and their needs. And it, um, it, it really, in some cases, I know that it, it comforts the person who's requested prayer um, to be prayed for out loud.
0: That's a good point. Um, okay, so you said that you specifically wanted to talk about two different forms of prayer with really fancy seminary words about them. (laughs) Um, Whereas uh, at some point in this I should mention, because we were focusing on intercessory prayer, but at some point I should mention, you know, the other three types. But go ahead and tell us about apophatic and cataphatic? Are those the words you said? Yes, just so go with the um, A word and the C word.
1: <laughs> so, apophatic or and uh, and cataphatic prayer. We talk a lot about this in seminary. Um, cataphatic prayer has content, so it uses images, words, symbols, ideas, or sounds. And this is primarily how people practice intercessory prayer. So, we often ask. Um, we ask God to intervene or intercede on behalf of the person that we're praying for, and we do that by using words, whether out loud or silently to ourselves. Um, that's true for for people of faith across many branches of Christianity, not just Quakers. Um, we, in intercessory prayer, we're asking God to heal or to provide in material ways. So when Quakers say we're holding you in the light. Um, like I said earlier, it might mean different things it It might mean that we're praying for you using words um or it might mean that we're imagining you in the healing light of god um but either way it it uses content it fills us up with something as we're praying um and generally that's what intercessory prayer is used for but then there's there's Cataphatic or sorry, apophatic prayer, which is self-emptying. So it um, it's generally rooted in silence. It's not using words or feelings or images out loud or or within us, um, but just simply resting in God's presence. Um, so Mackenzie, like you said, um, you use words uh, until you run out of words, and then you're centered. Um, well apophatic prayer is just that silence of being centered like there are no words here um
0: so it sounds like we actually do a lot of that one like Mm -hmm. meeting for worship Mm -hmm. that i mean that sounds like you're describing waiting worship is or or at least it's yeah like that seems like waiting worship maybe is a type of that
1: yeah yeah i would say that that's true um that it that it is a type of apophatic prayer um, but I, I also believe that um, that apophatic prayer can be intercessory prayer. Um, there's something about sitting with other believers or other friends um, with the intent to pray apophatically without images or sounds or words. Um, something about that experience of inviting God um, to just rest with us that, that leaves us, well, when we leave that space, we leave changed. Um, so, so even if we're not using words and images to uh, to pray for the person sitting next to us or for ourselves, like um, just that act of, of sitting with someone and sitting in God's presence together, that invites God to change us. Uh, so I, I believe that that is a form of intercessory prayer, but it's more about trusting God to know what we need without using words and images to tell god what we need
0: okay i i like that explanation (laughs) the the part about trusting i'm trying to remember there was something i thought and then i forgot it (laughs) sorry not your fault this is this is the adhd brain it thinks of all sorts of things (laughs) and then forgets them and (laughs) oh here's why i here's why i forgot because earlier i recited the catholic grace which mm. is an intercessory one, because it's bless us and bless the gifts um mm-hmm. and then I thought of the other form of grace I know, which I learned in Girl Scout camp um it is to the tune of the Adams family and <laughs> and rather than being a intercessory one, it is a thanksgiving one because it's it's we it's we thank the Lord for giving this good food for eating because we really need it, and we like to eat it so welcome to my childhood
1: (laughs) yeah it was a presbyterian church where um they they prayed to the tune of the superman theme
0: i didn't know Um, it had a theme
1: (laughs) yeah i could not I couldn't sing it again, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was interesting.
0: And now I just remembered my mom getting in trouble in Catholic school because she was told to lead grace, and she said, "Father, Son, Holy Ghost." Whoever reads the fastest gets the most. <laughs> she got a roller across the knuckles for that one. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs>
1: <laughs> obviously, we take prayer seriously. <laughs> um.
0: Well, I think actually that might be a good point, though, is that there is that humor is allowed in prayer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if if you believe that God made everything, then God made humor, too. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I I definitely feel that way. Um, I, I believe that humor is a symptom of joy and joy is a fruit of the spirit. So. Um, if we're laughing with god then i i truly believe that god is is pleased with us Um, and that there's something about being our honest selves even when we're laughing um, that i don't know i just think that it creates a deeper connection or a, a deeper awareness of of who god is with us actually like
0: Oh, what about the idea of um, how prayer, like intercessory prayer, changes the person who is praying?
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. A great
0: idea. Okay. Um, I don't. So, how about I I'll introduce know. that, and obviously, I'm editing yeah. it for plus like minute. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I've. So, okay. So, obviously, one major critique you can get of intercessory prayer is like that um, God is not a vending machine into which you insert prayers and get magic back like us or um, the common very common um, phrase you'll find a lot of especially materialist type atheists use for God is to say sky wizard. Um, And so there's I think that that sort of way of thinking of God and prayer um, ignores the effect that prayer has on the person who's praying um, like and, and you know I've, I've I'm not the first person to come up with that uh, I'm not that smart um, or old <laughs> but like I've like there's there's a common prayer of give me wisdom right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and so that's asking god for advice basically and um i don't tend to phrase it that way uh i tend to ask god to tell me what i can do about something because mm-hmm. um and this is part of, you know, in, well, you know, but not all of our listeners necessarily do in the epistle of James, there's a bit where James is saying, he's talking about faith and works. And he says, um, show me your faith apart from your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. Mm -hmm. And he gives the example that um, if someone is hungry and needing clothes you don't just say to them peace be warm and fed and walk away Um, Mm -hmm. because faith without works is dead that if you're going to pray for an improvement in someone's uh, situation then you need to be willing to be God's hands in that Um, Mm -hmm. and, and there's a there's a poem that is not by Teresa of Avila, the nuns who study her all of her writings, right downtown in Washington D.C., say it is nowhere in her writings. It doesn't actually show up until the 19th century. It's Quake, uh, it's Methodist guy Mark Pierce and Quaker Sarah Elizabeth Roundtree. But uh, Christ has no body on earth but yours, uh, no hands, no feet. Uh, I can't recite the whole thing, but you know, your, yours are the eyes. Through which God looks out onto the world and is, you know, encouraging people to uh, do the work, as someone phrase it, and especially when you're praying for someone else, that sort of reorients you in a less self-centered direction. Um,
1: I have a a bit of a story to share about um, a time when I was praying um, for God to intercede in my own life. Um I had been waiting for some time to have a surgery that I really needed to have, and mm-hmm. I couldn't afford it. I didn't have health insurance, um, but I had been desperately needing the surgery for several years and just had to keep putting it off and I found myself one day feeling so desperate to have the surgery that I just wept. In prayer, and I pleaded with God to to make something possible, to make it possible for me to have the surgery that I needed. Um, and about an hour later, I went, I, I drove um, to have lunch with a, a good friend, and I um, I don't know how we got onto the topic, but she asked me um, why why I wasn't having surgery that I needed and I said you know money's a factor and told her how much it it costs and I shared very vulnerably with her that that I desperately needed the surgery and that I was just hoping for a miracle Um, and just kind of out of the blue she offered to to loan me the money for my surgery Um, and I could say that that was a direct answer to my prayer but I I think um well, I think that that's true, but I also think that my praying very vulnerably to God and asking God to step in um, and help reminded me how to be vulnerable and how to how to share with those around me what I need um, because I think in our society it's um it's uncommon to just say like, This is what I need right now and mm-hmm. um not necessarily expecting, you know, someone to be able to help, but um, just being honest about our needs and wants and desires um, mm-hmm. and then being vulnerable with people. So being vulnerable with God reminded me how to be vulnerable with my friend. And that meant that she saw my need and was able to help. Uh, right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember that story. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know for for a little while there, um, I about regarding one of our friends, whose name I will not say, um I, for a little while there, I was asking God each night when I would pray to give me ideas for what I can do for them. and it was like there were there were a few weeks of just like lots of new ideas for how to help, like mm-hmm. popping up, and that was that was really nice. Mm -hmm. both good and bad hidden things Thank you. Oh wait, that was I wanted to I wanted to say the four different types of prayer. Right. So so we've mostly been focusing. I said earlier that I wanted to talk about the four different types of prayer. We've been generally focusing on intercessory in here, although I did mention Thanksgiving prayer with the Adams family version of grace. Um, and I I mean, one of my daily prayers is thank you God for Elijah. Um, but there's uh Catholics typically say that there are four kinds of prayer and that all of them are found in the Lord's Prayer, the the Our Father. Um and I find the listing of four a little bit weird because um well there's so there are adoration, contrition, petition, and thanksgiving. And so adoration is like Praising God, like God, you are awesome. Contrition is acting for forgi- asking for forgiveness, and then the petition or intercession is what we've mostly been talking about and Thanksgiving. And the fact that contrition and intercession are both asking for makes me go, but why doesn't why isn't that just one thing? So, <laughs> but um, but all of those types of things are found in the Our Father, which uh, is, I guess why that's, you know, the form that Jesus gave in the Bible. It kind of hits all the points. Right. So I guess, if I actually, actually, I would definitely say that if you are uncomfortable with prayer with words and you want to become more comfortable with it, I think the Our Father is a good one to start with because that's definitely what I did, like, a couple years ago when I started actually praying again was, like, Going through the Our Father slowly, and like actually thinking about About what it's what's being requested in each line, or yeah, what's what's happening in each line.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's something really special too about uh, about reciting the Lord's Prayer, knowing that it's a prayer that uh, people of faith have have spoken for thousands of years, and um, that. It was a prayer that Jesus prayed. Um, I don't know. There's just something really unifying about that. Um, it reminds us we're not alone. Um, in addition to all of the great things that Jesus taught us through that prayer. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um, so let's close this out by asking whether any of our listeners have any requests to hold in the light or prayer requests, joys and concerns, whatever it is called in your type of Quakers, (laughs) Um, we invite you to post them in the comments on quakerpodcast.org. And um, I will make sure to poke Elijah so that we both can remember to include those in our prayer practice this week. Absolutely. You can find us on the web at Quakerpodcast.org, as Quaker Podcast on Twitter, Facebook or Patreon, and on iTunes.